of Shabbos, and her kids were monsters. They broke Chaim's transformer, and do you think she offered a word of apology? Nothing, huh? Nothing. The boys are Vilda Chayas, and the girls aren't much better. For someone who runs everyone else's life, she sure doesn't do too well with her own. Rena said nothing. She wasn't much of a gossip, not only because of the strict prohibitions against it, but because she found it personally distasteful. She preferred to keep her opinions to herself. Sarah didn't prolong the one-way conversation. She stood up, walked over to the full-length mirror, and preened. This time alone is my only respite, she said. It makes me feel human again. Rena nodded sympathetically. The kids will probably all be up when I get home, the tiny woman sighed. And Svi is learning late tonight. I think I'll walk home very slowly. Enjoy the fresh air. <laughs> That's a good idea. Rena said, smiling. Sarah trudged to the door, turned the knob, straightened her stance, and left. Alone at last, Rena stood up, stretched, and glanced at her watch again. Her own boys were still at the computer club. Steve would walk them home to a waiting babysitter, so there was no need to rush. She could take her time. Removing her shoes, she rubbed her feet, slipped them into knitted socks, and shuffled along the gleaming white tile. Loaded down with a bucket full of soapy water, a handful of rags, and a pail of supplies, she entered the hallway leading to the two bathrooms. The first one had been used by Sarah Libba, who'd left it neat and orderly. The towels and sheet were compulsively folded upon the tiled counter, the bath mat draped over the rim of the bathtub, and care had been taken to remove the hairs from the comb and brush. Rena quickly went to work, scrubbing the floor, tub, wash basin, and shower. She refilled the soap containers, the Q-tips holder, the cotton ball dispenser, recapped the toothpaste, and placed the comb in a vial of disinfectant. After giving the countertops a thorough going over, she left the room, taking the garbage and the dirty laundry with her. The second bathroom was in complete disarray, but within a short period of time it was as spotless as the first. She dumped the garbage down a chute that emptied into a bin outside and loaded the towels, sheets, and washcloths into a large utility washer in the closet. Now for the mikvot themselves. The main mikvah, the women's, was a sunken Roman bath, four feet deep and seven feet square, covered with sparkling deep blue tile. To aid the women in climbing down the eight steps, a handrail had been installed. Religious law prescribed that the water in the bath emanate from a natural source—rain, snow, ice—but the crystalline pool was heated for comfort. What a beautiful mikvah, Rena thought, so unlike the one she'd used in an emergency six years ago. They'd been visiting Yitzchak's parents in Brooklyn. It had been wintertime and blizzard warnings were out. The closest mikvah was nothing more than a hole of filthy, freezing water— but she'd held her breath and forced herself to dunk anyway. She'd felt contaminated when she got home. Though bathing wasn't permissible after the ritual immersion, Yitzchak had looked the other way when she soaked her chilled bones in steaming water to clean off the scummy residue left on her skin. The wives of the men at the yeshiva had been very vocal about constructing a clean mikvah, one that would make a woman proud to observe the laws of family purity and they'd gotten their way. 
The tile used for the mikveh and bathroom countertops was hand-picked and imported from Italy. As an extra touch, a beauty area was added, complete with two vanity tables fully equipped with dryers, combs, brushes, curling irons, and makeup mirrors. An architect was hired, the construction progressed rapidly, and now the yeshiva had a mikveh to call its own. No longer would the women have to travel hours to do the mitzvah of taharat mishpacha, spiritual cleansing through dunking in the ritual bath. Rina mopped the excess water off the floor, then turned off the heat and lights. She padded down the hallway, took out a key, and went inside the men's mikveh. It was comparatively unadorned, layered with plain white tile. The men had refused to heat or filter the water, but the Rosh Yeshiva was very insistent that they keep the place clean. Though she didn't have to, she mopped the floor as a courtesy. When that was done, she relocked the door and said,